let me tell you a little bit about Rough Greens. How's President Miles doing? I haven't asked you about that for a while. Still chugging, He's man. Still he, we went on vacation, and he went to the uh, the doggy daycare and made it through. And got lots of attention. He's still chugging, doing well, doing really well. Um, so Uno is also doing really, really well. And uh, I, I credit a lot of his health to Rough Greens. I didn't realize that um, he wasn't really healthy. Um, I mean, because he was just acting like Uno. When we started feeding him rough greens, I started feeding him because I thought, you know, well, this will get him to actually eat. Well, yes, it did. Uh, it did get him to eat. But then months later, I actually see something else happen to Uno. And that is that he his energy goes through the roof. He starts to be more spry. Uh, and he's an older German shepherd. Uh, try rough greens you can get a free bag you know just the trial bag for free just to make sure your dog likes it if your dog likes it feed it and over the months you're going to be amazed at the difference in your dog rough greens roughgreens.com roughgreens.com go there now America, we've got a lot to talk about. We are officially, if you believe in the old definition that was fine just a couple of weeks ago, the definition of recession, two quarters in uh, in contraction. Well, if you believed that, we're officially today now in a recession. But the White House says, no, that's the old way of thinking. Oh, you cisgendered people, <laughs> you're just nutty. We'll tell you about that and so much more in the economy. Also, uh, Ami Horowitz is with us. He has just traveled over to uh, the uh, the Palestinian territories and had a little conversation with some of the Palestinians about uh, LGBTQ. Wow, I can't understand why the Democrats are all for the Palestinians when they feel the way they do about LGBTQI2+. Now, maybe, maybe it's just me, but I think they sound like hypocrites, and maybe some Democrats don't know that. Also, we are going to expose the banks today, naming names, not me, but Riley Moore. He is the West Virginia State Treasurer. He has an exclusive announcement about the new anti-ESG actions in West Virginia, and he's going to be naming names, all on today's program. Stand by, we begin in 60 seconds. But first, let me tell you about Relief Factor. Brian lives in Alabama, and over the past few years, he's been suffering from so much pain so frequently and it's so debilitating that it limited his mobility he was barely able to get around the house 
let alone, you know, get in the car and, you know, live his daily life. Brian heard me talk about Relief Factor and decided, why not? I give it a try. What did he have to lose? 20 bucks? You remember when 20 bucks actually paid for more than a meal at McDonald's? Anyway, uh, turned out that uh, what he had to lose was about 90% of his pain in the first three weeks. Brian says in three weeks, he got his life back. Now, it's not a drug. It was developed by doctors. Try the quick start. Three-week test trial. You try it in three three weeks. If you start to see anything improving, continue to take it. 70% of the people take it and get their life back. ReliefFactor.com. ReliefFactor.com. 800, the number four, Relief. All right, let me uh, continue here. I want to finish something up uh, for today. Uh, part two is tomorrow. In hour number one of the podcast, uh, you will hear um, a takedown of the CNN story. An imposter Christianity is threatening American democracy. Now, I wanted to do this Monday, but I would have had to do it just kind of off the top of my head. So I asked uh, David Barton, Tim Barton, and the uh, people over at our archives at Mercury One to go through the archives and footnote and document every point of this. So I have nine pages of footnotes because I wanted to make sure that what you knew What the truth was on every point on this lie and dangerous smear tactic from CNN, an imposter Christianity is threatening American democracy. And I just wanted to finish one part of it, and that is the uh, part uh, on Tripoli. And I'll explain exactly where we've uh, where we've been uh, on this. But uh, first, I, I, I want to start at the very beginning with what CNN originally uh, said. They said from the article, the insurrection of January 6th marked the first time many Americans realized the U.S. is facing a burgeoning white Christian nationalist movement. This movement uses Christian language to cloak sexism and hostility to black people and non-white immigrants in its quest to create a white Christian America. Okay, so this is their attempt to blame anyone in anything and to create another boogeyman. And this boogeyman is Christianity, not the Christianity that they worship. The one that says the more abortions, the better. So the way they do this is they uh, take your faith and assign a false label to it. White Christian nationalist. Now, you might be thinking that CNN is just talking about, you know, just white christian nationalists maybe they have some church someplace and we should know about it but that's not it quoting the article white christian nationalist beliefs have been infiltrated have infiltrated the religious mainstream so thoroughly that virtually any conservative christian pastor who tries to challenge its ideology risks their career uh these ideas so widespread that any Any individual pastor or Christian leader who tries to turn the tide and say, let's look again at Jesus and scripture is going to be tossed aside. This according to their so-called experts, which I debunked last uh, hour, first hour of the podcast. So let me take you now to the three points, because they say there are three points that are absolute lies that Americans need to know. 
Um, and they they go in to say the three key beliefs associated with white Christian nationalists are a belief that the United States was founded as a Christian nation. Uh, and the second one is that uh, we uh, our signers also said that uh, we were uh, Christians and people claim that the signers of the Declaration in the Constitution, that they somehow or another didn't have faith. We've already gone through all of those. You can listen back to the podcast. But I want to stop now at the last point they made in this section. And the section was one of the most popular beliefs among white Christian nationalists is that the U.S. was founded as a Christian nation. Founding fathers were Orthodox, evangelical Christians, and God has chosen the U.S. for a special role in history. So they went on to say that this was absolutely not true. And it goes on for evidence that the United States was founded as a secular nation. Look no further than the 1797 Treaty of Tripoli, an agreement the U.S. negotiated with a country in present day Libya to end the practice of pirate pirates attacking American ships. It was ratified unanimously by a Senate still half filled with the signers of the Constitution and declared the government of the United States of America is not in any sense founded on a Christian religion. Now, this is really important because this will show you where they make the error, where they're going, gotcha. Because while America is not a Christian government, it is a Christian nation. The nation was founded on biblical principles. The nation, uh, the government itself, it was important to the founders that the government did not endorse or get involved in any religion. Its job was to protect the rights of every religion. Now, they say, all you have to do is read the 1797 Treaty of Tripoli. Now, they say the United States is not in any sense founded on Christian religion. That's an end quote. Now, it's their thing is one sentence here. One sentence. And there's a period where there's not really a period, but I'll, I'll get into that. It's a gotcha quote. Okay. From 1784 to 1816, let me give you just a little bit of history on this. America was engaged in a war on terror against Muslims. Our first foreign war were terrorists called Muslims. This was a 32 year war, much longer than second world war or the second war on terror which many underinformed commentators today wrongly claim that the latest war on terror is the longest war in American history. No, it was the first war on terror. The roots of that earlier conflict uh, go back to the end of the American war for independence, when five Islamic nations, Turkey, Tunis, Morocco, Algiers, and Tripoli, began making indiscriminate attacks against the property and interests of what they claimed to be Christian nations, America, England, France, Spain, Portugal, Denmark, Sweden. Those five uh, attacking nations were called the Barbary States, named for the Berber ethnic people who became Muslims, blah, 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 blah. And they attacked American civilian merchant vessels wherever they found them, seizing the ships and the cargo and making slaves out of the crew. Now, the slaves were both white and black. 
For American ships at the time, they were highly integrated. The Muslims had already taken 10 to 15 million slaves in America. So, you know, 12 million slaves is the slave trade in America. 12. The Muslims took 10 to 15 million slaves in Africa and many millions more outside of Africa. Okay. In 1784, Congress had sent a, American uh, diplomats, Thomas Jefferson, John Adams, Benjamin Franklin, overseas to try to negotiate with these Muslim terrorists and, and uh, stop the, the attacks. They couldn't do it. And after two years, Adam and Jefferson asked the ambassador from Tripoli, what is up with these people? What is their motivation against the tax of America? And he said, quote, it is founded on the laws of their prophet Muhammad, that it was written in their Quran that all nations who shall have not acknowledged their authority were sinners. And it was their right and duty to make war upon them wherever they could be found and to make more slaves so they could take them as prisoners and that every Muslim who should be slain in battle was to go to paradise, end quote. So the Muslims, he was saying there, viewed this controversy as one between religions. Well, the Americans said our government is not a religious government. Our people are. But our government is not. And so they tried to convince the Muslims that it wasn't a holy war against their faith. We just wanted to stop the terrorism and the attacks. Earlier, 18, or 1786, the treaty negotiated by Jefferson and Adams eventually ended the Moroccan hostilities against the United States. And it had, it had contained three separate clauses making this point. The 1795 treaty with Algiers contained similar acknowledgments, as did su uh, subsequent treaties with other Muslim nations. So the treaty with Tripoli likewise declared, quote, as the government of the United States is not in any sense founded on the Christian religion, as it has in itself no character uh, of enmity against the laws, religion or tranquility of Muslims, and as the said states of America have never entered in any war or act of hostility against uh, Mohammed nations, it is declared by the parties that no pretext arising from religious opinions shall ever produce an interruption of the harmony existing between our two countries. So what does that say? This is acknowledging that America was not the kind of nation that they were used to. Americans were not or America was not like the Christian nations of Europe during the Middle Ages that fall, you know, that fought the Muslims with the Crusades. We were not that kind of country. Founding father John, John James, uh, America's uh, is described America's form of Christianity as a wise and virtuous Religion. John Quincy Adams called it civilized. John Adams termed it rational. Noah Webster uh, further affirmed the ecclesiastical establishments of Europe, which serve to support tyrannical governments, are not the Christian religion, but abuses and corruption of it. So they were saying our government is not corrupted by a religion that is twisting it and using it to conquer people. That's the point they were making. Thomas Jefferson said 
the comparisons of our government to those of Europe are like the comparisons of heaven and hell. Yet progressives today ignore this part of history and accept and just take and boldly lift that single partial phrase from the treaty to claim that it declares the government of the United States in no sense founded on the Christian religion. Now, these critics, as CNN did, cite only the 15 words of a single sentence that is actually 81 words long, placing a period where there isn't one and ignoring the other 66 words that provide the context. But notwithstanding their convoluted efforts to edit, censor, reverse the self-evident meaning of that clause and to make that sentence say something that it absolutely does not. There is no government document declaring that America is not a Christian nation. To the contrary, there are literally hundreds of official American government documents over the past two centuries stating the opposite. We are a Christian nation. We are just not a Christian government. We are guided by Christian principles. But you do not have to be a principle. I mean, you don't have to be a Christian to work in or around the government also the government was established to protect the rights of all religion and the free exercise thereof you'll get the rest of this uh dissertation tomorrow on uh, hour number one of this broadcast and if you sign up for my uh, daily email newsletter which includes all of my raw show prep for this show. Every story that I and my producers think should be on the show today, many of them don't make it, um, are in that show prep. This is the first time I've ever offered my raw show prep to anybody. Um, and I just think it's important that you educate yourself and see what I'm reading, see what I think is important, so you can make your own decisions and also have more context on why I am saying the things that I am. Uh, and you can get that for free at glenbeck.com. This piece will come out in tomorrow's newsletter in its entirety. Glenbeck.com. Sign up for the free email newsletter. All right. Let me tell you quickly here about our sponsor this half hour, and it's Rough Greens. You've probably spent at least some time thinking about the nutrition that isn't contained in the food you eat, right? The things that you eat, you look at that and, you know, I, I look at the, oh, it's got that many calories. Wow, but it's so delicious. Ask yourself this question. Have you ever thought about the nutritional value of your dog's food? If you're feeding him or her kibble food, that answer is almost nothing. They sterilize all the stuff uh, that is good for your dog and it, it's all cooked out of it and they do it for a long shelf life. Check out Rough Greens. It's not a dog food. It's a supplement developed by uh, naturopathic Dr. Dennis Black. You sprinkle it on the dog's food, and it's chock full of vitamins, minerals, probiotics, antioxidants, everything. Try it out with your dog, and you'll see. The folks at Rough Green are so confident your dog is going to love it that they have a special deal for you. Go to roughgreens.com slash back. They're going to give you a free first trial bag free you just pay for the shipping try it out if your dog likes it then order a full bag and then watch him over the months just change it's free just pay for shipping roughgreens.com slash back roughgreens.com slash back or call 833-GLEN-33 833-GLEN-33 roughgreens.com slash back 10 seconds station id
Oh, gosh, we have so much. I am just leaving so much on the table uh, that we'll have to get to tomorrow. Um, we have to talk a little bit about what happened today. Um, we have all grown up in a world where two quarters back to back of GDP um, contraction says that we're in a recession. Now, that's not the only factor, but that is the leading indicator. And all 10 of the uh, latest recessions that we have had, that goes back a ways, all 10 recessions that we've had recently in my lifetime um, have all started with two quarters of contraction. Now, is that the only metric? No. But Joe Biden is now saying, no, but we have so many good things that we could talk about. So many great things. Well, yeah, um, I don't know what those are. Um, the jobs that you're creating, people are taking second jobs because the first job sucks and the second job sucks. But they have to have two jobs now because of inflation. The other thing that we should talk about today is the inflation reduction bill that now Joe Manchin has given America. I think one of my favorite parts about all of this is the John Harwood, the CNN reporter, who has been retweeting every justification possible out of the White House. Ah, just because it's two, two uh, re- negative quarter, uh, quarters does not mean it's a recession. And all the job growth and all the spin you've been hearing from the White House has also been filtering through John Harwood as a CNN reporter. Of course, in 2019, he tweeted, by the way, it's not possible for a recession to last only two months. A recession equals economy shrinks for two quarters. His his own definition. It's so dishonest. Uh, So bad. It's so dishonest. Um, By the way, if we didn't have these two quarters, I wouldn't be saying that we are in a recession. I'd be saying we're in economic trouble, but I wouldn't be saying that we are in a recession. A recession is, well, anyway, I don't want to get into it. But Joe Manchin compromised the Build Back Better bill. The name has been taken off and replaced with, you ready? The Inflation Reduction Bill. And uh, we're going to have to spend some time telling you exactly uh, how it's going to reduce inflation. Because it will through taxes. But that's kind of a sticky issue with progressives because they think taxes help grow the economy. The Glenn Beck Program. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. If you're looking to find ways to adjust your spending, if you want to adopt new saving strategies that can help put you and your family on track financially, please give American Financing a call today. I've been talking about them for years, and I think they're really the best of the best. Unlike a lot of lending companies out there, they work for you and not the bank. They are salary-based mortgage consultants. They'll perform a free mortgage review, then suggest what sort of options could save you hundreds of dollars a month, as much as $1,000 a month. There is no pressure, no obligation. So please, if you have high-interest credit cards, the interest rate is going up. Please call them now. Save as much money as you can. Just take one no-obligation, no-hassle phone call and see if they can help you out. American Financing, 800-906-2440. AmericanFinancing.net. Call them now and save money. 
Fight inflation. Save 20 bucks off your Blaze TV subscription at blazetv.com slash Glenn. The promo code is unsafe. This is the Glenn Beck program. Uh, I want to switch topics here and I want to give the uh, give some time to Ami Horowitz, who is a good friend of ours. He is a filmmaker and uh, a documentarian. Um, I think he started with The Blaze years ago. Um, and I, I don't know, whoever was running The Blaze at the time was an idiot. Me. Uh, and, uh, and allowed him to get away from us. Now he's over at Prager University. And I am so, I'm a big fan of Dennis Prager. One of the best men uh, alive today, and what he's done at Prager University is fantastic. And this particular film that uh, Ami has made is so important, and it starts on the streets of New York. And he's talking to progressives who are going to a Palestinian fundraiser, at least I, I think that's what it was. I'll get it from Ami. Hello, Ami. How are you? I'm doing very well, Glenn. Such a pleasure to talk to you, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. This is, by the way, great film. Great film. Watched it this morning. Um, so the um, it starts out with the uh, talking to liberals and progressives in New York City that are also gay. Correct? Yeah, actually, it's it's San Francisco. Um, oh, San Francisco. And they are they are. We specifically stopped gay people. Because and the and the reason and we did it because there is a this bizarre alliance between the gay community and the Palestinians, which on the surface makes no sense, right? Because they hold nothing in common value wise. And so we asked mm-hmm. them, we started by asking them, hey, who do you support in the Israeli Palestinian conflict? And every single person to a man said vocally, vehemently, we support the Palestinians. We hate Israel. That's how it begins. It was quite amazing to see how strong they were uh, on that. Then you go over to, to Palestinian territory and you start talking to the Palestinians and the first thing you first person you talk to is an imam. Tell me about that. Yeah, this is a, a, a very popular imam in Ramallah, a very influential imam in Ramallah. And, you know, I asked him a variety of questions about gay people, as you can imagine, most of the answers. But the most shocking answer, even for me, I, I, as you can imagine, I, I, I don't get shocked that often when I do these things. I've done them for a long time. And I, I asked this one imam, I go, look. Have you ever had a parishioner or somebody who, who, who prays in your mosque come up to you quietly on the DL and say, look, you know, I've got a gay son, gay daughter. What should I do? And he looks at me and goes, yes. I go, well, what did you say? They should be killed. Just, just like that. That gives you a sense of the positions of, of the Palestinians uh, and, uh, vis-a-vis gay people. And you can, you can agree, disagree with, in, in, in the U.S. with gay marriage. It doesn't matter. We're talking about a different level. Of, of hatred, yes. true hatred of the gay community to the point where rape, murder, beatings are commonplace. They jail them, they rape them. It's commonplace in the Palestinian territories. It's a whole different level of evil that we're dealing with. So, you know, because I, I was so glad to see that you didn't listen to the producer's advice. Um, because you finish this interview and then you go out to do man on the street 
and you've done men on the street everywhere uh, all over the world and you come back with what people really are saying on the street and tell me what the producer said to you so and this is like this is shocking for me because as, as 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 i'm sure some of your listeners have seen my videos i've gone to crazy places i've interviewed crazy people then crazy man in the street it's the first time a producer goes look this issue is a very volatile issue volatile than even issues you normally cover with and and it could degrade into violence if they understand what you're trying to do here and uh it was already at the time kind of a dice situation between israel and the palestinians it was in general not a great time but in this particular issue he really said listen you shouldn't you sh- we shouldn't do this but of course i did it anyways and again it was like it's a what i like about man in the street is it does give you a taste uh, especially if you do a wide enough sample size of how people feel on a particular topic, whatever that particular group of people you're interviewing. It could be university students, it could be leftists, um, it could be gay people. In this case, uh, it was regular Palestinians on the street. And, and, and now, again, the, yeah, you, go ahead. I, I, I want to make sure that I, that I clarify here. You didn't cherry pick, you just did random people, and you didn't leave people on the editing floor just to make it look different no i i never ever ever do that if 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 it's not no be absolutely not and this is and this certainly was not the case the only time somebody ends up on the editing floor if there's a problem the sound they weren't clear they weren't particularly interesting but when you see any video of mine particularly this one you know that this really is the pulse of that community that i'm talking to the pulse the feelings of the people that we're talking to and, and now the, I, I want to play I want to play a little bit of this video, but it is in Arabic. So I'm just going to read the uh, the subtitles here. I'll tell you what they're saying. Go ahead and roll the uh, video if we have it. One of the great human rights paradoxes is the LGBTQ support for Palestinians in the conflict with Israel. I went to the Castro district in San Francisco to ask gay men and women about their views on the conflict. Do you tend to side more of one side versus the other? Palestine. We are here to support the Palestinians and give them a right to freedom and the right to self-sovereignty. You know, my ex-wife and I talked about it a lot, and that's quite frankly how I learned more about it, but it was really about, like, Israel for being such bullies. I feel uncomfortable being a gay person in Israel. Just when I was visiting, was, I was worried. <laughs> like About what? Being attacked or something. Do you think most people, most gay people, tend to side more, especially younger people, tend to side more with the Palestinians versus the Israelis in general on the conflict? Um, I would say yes, 100%. I'm Ami Horowitz. In the Palestinian territories, there's not much of a debate on gay marriage. Here the discussion is more about the killing and the torturing of members of the LGBT community. The comments you are about to hear are representative of the feelings of the vast majority of people that we came across that day. Now, they're saying gays are the source of the problem for the entire world. They're causing a lot of problems. They're destroying our society. Yeah, they cause problems. It's unacceptable, morally and societally. They are a disease. Anywhere they're found, there is a weakness. They are weakness for the entire world. Stop. It is, these people you can tell, Ami, are not saying this to be outrageous. They're not engaging in hyperbole. This is a very calm, cool, and collected belief. Yeah, they're a disease. 
I mean, the the do I, I look? You're a scholar. You're a historian. You're a historian. You're a history scholar. Certainly a scholar of the rise of fascism and the rise of Hitler. These echoes the same language that Hitler and the Nazis used when it came to the Jews. Yes. Very, yes. very, very strikingly similar so, language and words. So you you have shown this to people now uh, back here in America, gay progressives, and what do they say? So it's very interesting. So the question becomes why, right? Why do the why does the gay why progressives in general, but the gay community in particular, tend to side with the Palestinians when they have nothing value wise in common? But there is actually one value they do hold in common, and this is the problem, not just with the gay community, but frankly, I would argue with a lot of minority communities around the world, is that they share, look, they share victimhood. They both feel like victims. And it shows you the power of that emotion, which I think victimhood to me is one of the most powerful and corrosive human emotions that exist. Because now you're able to say, all of my problems aren't my problems. They're your problems. Your, your, my failure, my issues are because of you, not because of me. They share that sense of victimhood. And oddly enough, bizarrely enough, that bond is stronger than what their core values of human Correct. rights, gay rights, women's rights. It's so bizarre. And, and Israel has taken the wrong approach. And how to, because Israel has been vexed by this problem for years. Why could it, how could it be that the gay communities that support us in whole? And they always gone positive and say, look how good we are to the gay community. And the gays, the, they've actually, they turned that argument against Israel and they've weaponized it against Israel. They create this, this insidiously powerful term called pinkwashing, where they're saying you're washing your sins of the Palestinians with our gayness. It's incredible how this thing is metastasized. So the, the approach I took was the, to go negative, to say, look, the people you're supporting, this is what they think about you. This is what they're doing to you. And, and what was incredible was in this video at the end, we did something we normally don't do. The, the people we interviewed at the beginning, we brought them back at the end. And we said, hey, what, the, the video becomes a reaction video. And they're watching the video in real time and we're filming it. And their reactions are visceral. They can't believe what they're watching, how these people are speaking about them. And at the end, I said, how do you feel now about the conflict? They said, we've changed our mind. We have totally changed our mind. And frankly, this has been getting, look, we're, we're at, we're, 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 this, this video is getting um, traction in the gay community. Uh, we've got a big piece that's going to be coming out uh, uh, soon in, in one of the largest gay publications in the country. And, and this, we did an hour and a half interview with, with this guy, mm. a progressive. And he said, I, I, it blew me away. I couldn't believe what I was watching. So, and, and this is the good I, news. I, the good news is, Glenn, we can win all of these arguments if we're just able to get our viewpoints across to them. That's why they're trying to shut all of us up. Because once we, it's, it's like I did today on religion and the true history of America and the, against the CNN article. Um, you know, I, I document exactly the opposite of what the, they are claiming and once you have the facts once you really know and you can verify things and you see firsthand it changes uh and i, I contend just like cnn you're watching cnn you have no idea about what's really going on with hunter biden but if they allowed that to be seen 
people will change on the Hunter Biden thing. Same thing with you. That's why they work so hard to shut us down. It's not that we're extremist. It's that we're effective because the truth shall set you free. And that's the beauty of where we are technologically now, that we're not beholden to the networks or even cable anymore. Now we have the blaze creating an independent organization that could be accessed by anyone, anywhere, PragerU or, 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 or Daily Wire or all these individuals who are out there doing their thing. It's democratized the media in a large way. And yep. that's really what I think is going to save yep. us is, indi- is, is, is the independence of our thought now being unleashed from, uh, from linear television and from the newspapers. Yep. Ami Horowitz, great, great job on this. Um, you can find the entire thing on uh, PragerU.com, PragerU.com. It is well worth your time. I, I watched it at twice the speed. Uh, <laughs> You should probably spend a little more time with it, Um, but it is very effective and not shocking to you. But I promise you will be shocking to any liberal, uh, any progressive and especially the progressive uh, homosexual. They have absolutely no idea what what the Palestinians actually think of them. You can find it now at PragerU.com. Thanks, Ami. Talk again. Thank you, Glenn. Sponsor this half hour is Preborn. We've gotten over our first hurdle, Roe versus Wade. Unfortunately, it took us 63 million lives to get there. But the fight continues. And this one perhaps is going to be the hardest battle yet because it is the battle for the hearts and minds of our fellow Americans. We don't believe in going to war over this. We believe in our principles. And many have fought very hard for a long time with the truth. And what preborn does is they go in and they have positioned their clinics in the top abortion cities where 50% of abortions take place. Now, what they do is when somebody comes in, they say, let's give you an exam. Let's counsel you. Let's look at your baby. They actually use the word baby, not fetus. And that's why they're in trouble. And then they go the step further and they provide an ultrasound. Ultrasound changes the game. Again, it's just like Ami was saying, when you're confronted with the facts and you actually see for yourself, the game changes. That's why these states, that's why Planned Parenthood are trying and they are coming right after preborn. And they're trying to stop them from calling the baby a baby instead of a fetus. And they're trying to stop them from giving uh, ultrasounds. They want to kill the babies. It's crazy. If you're in this fight, I don't think there is anything that will bring more favor upon our country than fighting reasonably, rationally, and the way Christ would fight it um, and save his children. We're all his children. I don't care what color or what you believe. We're all his children. And he wants to save all of us. Would you donate $10, $50, $100, $1,000? All of the tax, uh, all the gifts are tax deductible. They're going to go toward saving babies' lives. They're going to go and buy more ultrasounds or more ultrasound machines, et cetera, et cetera. And also now, unfortunately, they have to spend money to keep the preborn centers safe, to keep their, um, their clients and also their doctors safe. Hit pound 250. Say the keyword baby. Pound 250. 
preborn.com slash Beck. That's preborn.com slash Beck. Glenn Beck. Join the conversation. 888-727-BECK. Very excited. Next hour, we award our merit badge again this week just to an average citizen who just does good things because they're people of merit. Uh, We'll talk about that coming up. Also, uh, we have Riley Moore. Riley is the West Virginia State Treasurer. He has an exclusive announcement to make on this program about new anti-ESG actions in West Virginia. This guy is really leading the nation on it. And we're so thrilled that he would announce this on our program. He is also uh, going to name names. The banks had time to reply to stop destroying energy or we're going to have to pull our funds. Uh, He's going to tell us uh, how the banks reacted. Uh, That's all coming up next hour. Stand by.